Today, I'd like us to focus upon the words of Jesus Christ that he said on the cross, actually the fourth saying of Jesus Christ. When he said, as he hung there on a cross, he said, Ali, Ali, Leme Sagbathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I wonder, have we thought deep? I want us to do that as much as possible tonight. How much Jesus Christ did suffer for us. And what is meant in those words? Why, my God, have you forsaken me? Now, obviously, I think we know that Jesus Christ at that time paid the penalty for our sins. It was as if he had committed every wicked sin done by every sinner who would ever believe. Can you imagine your own sins being placed upon Jesus Christ? Had you been suffering throughout eternity, it would take all eternity and would even begin to scratch the surface of the penalty that was required for the payment of your sin. But Jesus Christ took upon himself the penalty for all of our sin. That entire weight of the sins of all mankind throughout all ages that would take all eternity, the wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus Christ. And we know it was necessary because we read in the book of Romans chapter 3, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then we also know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So that requirement by a holy, by a just God, required, required the payment of our sins by Jesus Christ. And you can imagine at this time, all the sins of everybody who would ever believe in Jesus Christ were compressed until those three hours from noon to three o'clock. And at this time, when he asked Jesus Christ, asked the God the Father, why have you forsaken me? There was that forsaken as if Jesus Christ had been abandoned by God the Father. They had never been separated before. Throughout all eternity, they had enjoyed fellowship, communion, love, harmony in relationship of the Trinity. And now for the one time, the only time, the first time, and the last time, Jesus Christ hung there on a cross and felt separation from God the Father. I don't know about you, but I can't begin to identify with that. The closest I can imagine is being separated perhaps from my wife. And uh, I've traveled some in the business I used to have, but I always knew that she was there for me. She would be thinking of me, she would be loving me, and she would be there when I returned. And that was something that I've known for some 42, almost 43 years now of my life. But we're talking about God the Son and God the Father throughout all eternity, knowing that harmony and that fellowship that they experienced. And there, for that time on the cross, it was separated because of sin, because of your sin, because of my sin. And I think God's word says it best. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, we read, For our sake God made Christ Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. The result is that we are now pardoned. We who were guilty were let go from the punishment that we richly deserved, and Jesus Christ took it in our stead. Because Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins, we have been redeemed we are forgiven. We are pardoned. But we dare not, dare not stop there. 
If we did, we still would be excluded from heaven. Why? Well, let me ask you, how do you know you are going to heaven? How do you know that? And you might even ask the question, why should you be let into heaven? Why should that be the case? Now, some people might say that they were a good person. Maybe they were even better than 99.9% of the people who have ever lived. That is not enough. You see, we must be righteous. We must be holy. Peter tells us in the first chapter of 1 Peter, as Moses told us in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, be ye holy because I am holy. Heaven is a place where citizens are holy. So there on the cross, not only were we pardoned from our sins, but we were also made perfection. The righteousness of Jesus Christ was placed into our account. The second half of that verse, first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the second half reads, so that in Christ Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So not only are we pardoned, but we're made perfection. Not only are we redeemed, but we are made righteous. The righteousness of Jesus Christ put into our account. Not only did Jesus Christ, therefore, secure upon the cross our eternal salvation, but he also allows us to live through that righteousness, through that forgiveness of sins. He allows us to live the abundant life. Now, you might ask, how do we live this abundant life? How is that even possible? Well, consider that Jesus Christ accepts you, and God the Father accepts you, I should say, as a righteous person. Hard to imagine, isn't it? But he regards us as such. So much of our lives are lives full of expectations. If you're married, you expect your spouse to maybe do this, do that, to respond this way, perhaps to have the same hopes, the same dreams, the same aspirations that you have. Perhaps you expect something from your children, whether it be grades or obedience or doing the chores that they're supposed to do. But you know what? Life is full of family that will disappoint you. You ever noticed? Life is full of friends that will disappoint you. Life is full of enemies that will disappoint you too. But sometimes, and hopefully as much as possible within the family of, of your family, those people are also believers in Jesus Christ. Not only he is their Savior, but also their Lord. Not only have they been pardoned, but they've been made righteous. God is able to regard us as righteous. There's no more expectations that we have to do to fulfill our heavenly citizenship. None at all. So God accepts us. And yet we are so quick to judge others. To tell them that, you know what? You don't measure up. Your righteousness does not make me satisfied. Your expectations are failures. So one of the practical benefits of understanding that we are righteous God's righteousness has been put into our account. Is the understanding that we can regard others as God regards us. Also, I think there is the, the issue of sin in our own life. Because we will sin. We still have the old nature. And when we sin, we feel, I don't measure up. 
I'm no good in the eyes of God. I'm a failure. I'll never amount to anything. I am not acceptable to God. And that is a lie right from Satan. Satan loves to be the accuser, to accuse God or accuse you before God saying that you are not acceptable. And you'll believe that in your own mind if you're not careful. And that's when we need to claim what happened upon the cross during the hours of noon to three. At that time, we became not only pardoned, but we became made perfect, the perfection that is necessary to enter heaven. What a joy it is to be able to live the abundant life, knowing that you are accepted by God. And it doesn't matter what happens in this world, whatever your hopes, treasures, or aspirations may be, to know that you have eternal security. What a joy that is. And I think part of that is the realization that there is a power of sin in our life. Satan will leverage that to accuse us, like I've said. At the same time, I've, I remember talking to some people before in my own life, sharing the gospel, and they'll say to me, if you only knew how evil my life has been, or how sinful my life is, God could not accept me. If you only knew what I've been doing in my life, you'd feel like I feel, a person who is not acceptable to God, even though I believe that he is my Savior, that he died on the cross for my sins. If you only knew. That's an issue of pride. Because God says in Second Corinthians 5.21, he says that we have been given God's righteousness. Jesus Christ put it into our account. The, the word imputed into us. It was credited to us. So that's a lie of Satan when we think that we have a sin that is greater than the righteousness of God. It's not so. May it never be in our minds or in our hearts or in our life. So I would ask you, do, do you know him as your own personal Savior? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid the penalty of the sins of every believer who would ever believe. Have you received that gift, that gift of eternal life? We are told uh, also by Paul in Romans that the just shall live by faith. Do you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior by faith? And if that's so, are you confident? Not only are you pardoned, but you are perfect. Not only have you been forgiven or redeemed from your sins, you've been made righteous. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege of what happened on Calvary's tree, for the knowledge that not only have our sins been forgiven, but we are made righteous to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ for all that he's done for us. I pray, Lord, if someone here tonight has not received Christ as Savior of their life, that that would be their desire, their joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.